beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it! God damn it! Another episode of the show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope that you are enjoying it with your family. By the time this episode comes out, it is Thanksgiving, a time for loving one another, a time to think about what we're thankful for in the age of Corona. I hope you guys are doing well. If you are new to the show, this show is all about bringing together different perspectives. We talk about news, we talk about politics, pop culture, and entertainment. And while we're at it, we have some fun doing it. So thank you for being here. So be sure to subscribe. Be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. It's not enough to enjoy the show on your own. Share it with people who you think would enjoy it also. We love to see it. So my man, the man with the baby dump trucks is here again. Dupree is here. How are you, Dupree? I am doing very well. I saw a preview of what's to come in this episode, guys. So I'm just going to let you know to settle in because there's going to be a lot of prayer cloth moments. Yes. <laughs> let me let me go ahead and get out the prayer cloth and dab my forehead without us even saying anything. <laughs> this episode is going to be a long episode. So much to talk about. So much to discuss. But y'all, y'all get your prayer cloths out. Get your Pepto-Bismol out because I know y'all ate a lot. Enjoy, sit back, relax, and listen to the episode because <laughs> it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. But um, I'm feeling good. Dupree, we were talking earlier, and you know what? I have some things to get off my chest, so let's get into off my chest. Justin's got to get it's off his chest. You'll know he's got to get it's off his chest. Justin's got to get some fucking shit off his chest. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, you know, I've been reflecting, as I always do every single week, and I've noticed that there are people in life that they might not like you, but they seem to like what you do. And I call them my secret fans. So, obviously, I have people that are fans of the show in the outside world, and then I have people who listen to the show in secret. They might not like me. Um, they might not like Dupree. But something about the show keeps them coming back. And I've always been of the belief that if your haters love what you're doing, you must be doing something right. So, hey, maybe it's a compliment and I should take it as that because that's, I don't know, if I don't like somebody, why would I go out of my way to listen to what they're saying? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's funny that I say this because I actually don't have haters in real life. Dupree has haters, but I don't have haters. <laughs> <laughs> now, you you know, honestly, like I don't, I don't think I have haters, but now I'll let you continue. I think that there are people out there that, for whatever reason, they're afraid to tell us that they're fans of the show, but they seem to be listening week after week after week. And it's like, man, if you don't like me, like, why do you keep listening? I don't get it. But it means that we're doing something right. Obviously, if your haters keep listening to every word you have to say, I don't know what you have to say is interesting or important or relevant in some way. So we love to see it. So all of my secret fans that enjoy the show in secret, I appreciate it. Thank you. Make <laughs> Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure that you tell your meme on your peepaw to listen to because they're probably listening already. We love to see it. I don't have anything else to say other than that, but I appreciate the secret fans. And of course, I love and appreciate all of the real fans that enjoy what we have to say every week and love the show because I love you guys back. 
So much to be grateful for. That's, <laughs> that's beautifully said. Any podcast I've been a part of, we've had secret listeners for sure. And you know, whether that's coming from a place of like, hey, I like what this guy's talking about, but I don't want to let him know that I fuck with him, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or or whatever. Like, you know, I'm going to be very honest and vulnerable with the listeners of Polar Opposites right Here now. Here we go. I've spent so much time just sitting in my room and wondering why people don't like me and people who don't have any bearing on my life. Why don't you like me? And, you know, why don't you show me the love? Psych, nah, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Get the fuck out of my face, man. Hey, if you listen, the way I look at it is if you listening, great. Even if you listening because you don't like Justin or you don't like me or you don't like what we talk about. If you're listening, cool. You're do- you're still doing us a solid. So like, I appreciate you, and I'm that's not coming from any place of like sarcasm or malice. That's for real. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you because there's people who, and I'm going to get into this. There's people who disagree with us that still listen and take something away from it because we present it in such a way that it's engaging. Yeah, you know, like I've had people reach out to me that I know are on the other side of the aisle than where I would be, and they're like, "Hey, I enjoy this. I don't agree with you on everything that you say." But the way that you present it is intelligent, it's coherent, it's entertaining. I like it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to get back to as a country more. Exactly. Hey, we can disagree, but I can still appreciate and listen to what you're presenting to me. I think that's important. Yeah. And that's the point of the show. That's the point of me having the podcast. Yes, we agree. Yes, we disagree. Yes, people listening agree and also disagree. But the point is we're having smart and entertaining conversations about things that sometimes people don't discuss enough. So if people out there are feeling some type of way about it, that's the point. And I'm glad that we're doing that for people. So whether you're a hater, whether you're a supporter, it's good for us either way. Like I love to see it. I see the numbers and they're going up. So y'all are doing me a favor by listening so make sure you rate the show since you're already listening anyway subscribe <laughs> tell your mom tell your dad that's the point of the show as Dupree said to have good conversation so as long as I'm doing that I feel like we're doing our job at the end of the day so speaking of you guys reaching out and loving the show I have finally figured out a way for y'all to send in anonymous questions. So I set up a Google form that'll be attached to the description of this episode. So y'all can go into the description, click the link, and then feel free to ask um, any question that you want. So if you had a question for us, if you had a scenario that you're going through and you want our take on it, anything, even just compliments about the show, like it makes us feel good to see that the stuff that we're putting out is resonating with people. So any type of feedback I would appreciate i i, I want to say something yeah about what justin just said right and i don't think he was coming from a place of being cocky or like a humble brag but he shared with me some of the numbers in the heat map we got listeners everywhere like we were talking about it when he sent this to me i was like oh well I, i'll just take credit for these east coast people you know it's popping on the east coast that heat map was, was pretty filled in but then it's like cool the midwest it's really dark red there in that heat map. <laughs> Shy town fuck with us. Hey, gang, gang. Yes. Um, <laughs> gang, gang, Texas, gang, gang. I mean, you got Texas on lock. You know, the West Coast, like LA area. Like, hey, that's that's dope. The one place, you know, we could use some improvement is like Montana, Idaho, and the Dakotas. But, you know, in due time, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the stuff that we talk about, I don't think it would resonate with them anyway. But it's good to expand our reach and have them listening to the show too, right? This is an inclusive show. Yes. But Dupree, did you have anything to get off your chest this week? Yeah, I have a more lighthearted get off my chest. Good. Um, So my birthday is close to Christmas. It's in the beginning of January. 
And I feel as though growing up, I may have been gypped out of some gifts with my birthday being as close to Christmas as it is. And I just want everybody in my life to know it's time to pay what you owe. I'm coming to collect this year. Okay. It's time for Dupree's reparations. I don't want to hear none of that. I've been gypped and mistreated. (laughs) And I'm coming to collect like the tax man. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. On a more serious note, um, that episode we did last week, so... I don't know how much behind the curtain stuff I should give you guys, but I talked to Justin about, we talk after every episode and there's sometimes when you're in the moment in an episode, if you ever do podcasts or like if you make music, anything in the moment, you're like, God, like this, this, this is the shit. This is, this is really good. This, Mm -hmm. this feels good. This, I feel like this is going to be great. And we did the episode last week and I walked away from it feeling like, I don't know, was that the best thing we could have put out? Mm -hmm. And I've listened to that episode 10 times probably. Wow. And each time for different reasons, right? I have never received so much feedback from one episode as this. Like, it has been insane. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, you know, we were doing a Q&A, right? We were talking about everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talked about, Justin talked about, I, I, it was a question that was proposed to me, but we both answered these questions talking about cutting people off and we gave our different perspectives on it and everything like that. And... I think it really resonated with some people because so like I said that, hey, I'm going to stop this beef with my one of my sisters. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to reach out and connect with her because, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how I feel, how she feels. I have a nephew that I love and adore and I want to be there for him. So if that means I have to be on, you know, normal terms with her and just watch how I play her, then fine. But I had a cousin of mine reach out to me and I didn't know he was a fan. Like you talked about secret fan. Shout Uh out. Love it. And. He was like, you know, he, he we tried to mend fences before. It didn't really go nowhere. He was like, look, I'm so happy to see how great you're doing in life. And I really want to, you know, I'm doing better. And I want to put all the past behind us. Like, I really hope that we could get to a place to kind of be like we were before. And I was like, you know, one, thanks for listening. And I'm glad that it touched you that way. And like, yeah, let's do it. Because Segway King, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the first thing Justin wanted to talk about, <laughs> but Segway King, I watched that reunion for... uh the Fresh Prince, Justin sent it to me. We watched it illegally. And, <laughs> and 27 years passed from when Will and the original Aunt Viv spoke. And they said a bunch of nasty shit about each other. And yeah. I'm just sitting there thinking this weekend while I'm you know, getting this feedback from these people. And I got my cousin reaching out to me and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't got 25 more. I, I've said maybe 20 words to her in the past two years. I don't have 25 more years to let go past mm-hmm. before I mend these fences with her. Jeezy and... uh. Gucci did a versus, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Gucci killed this man's best friend, and they were able to 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 bury the hatchet. Like seeing that type of stuff is I don't know. For me, if somebody killed my friend, I wouldn't be mending fences with anybody. But that's just me. But that's no, just me. no, no. I, I agree with you. Not at all. Bigger man than me, or maybe a dumber man than me. I don't know how to put it. But like seeing that type of stuff is like it, it's beautiful. So like I'm so happy to like take this step, you know, with my sister and with my cousin and everything so mm-hmm. like it, the the stuff that we talk about has real impact on people and that's so important to me like I, I love the fact that it has impact that's why i've done it for so long because the feedback that i get i know that we're doing something it might not feel like that all the time but 
sometimes people will reach out to me and tell me about something that I didn't even think of when I that I said. I didn't even remember saying whatever they brought up to me. And they're like, yeah, when you said this part in the show, it really made me feel. And I was like, wow, that was just a throwaway thing that I said. And I didn't think that that small thing would resonate with anyone. But the small things like that, people are actually listening and actively listening to what we're saying. And I really do appreciate that and think that that's amazing that people feel that way. And also, Dupree and I, we always talk about how doing the show is kind of like therapy after I click the end button on the show I take a big sigh of relief and I breathe and I feel good and I hope that (laughs) you guys are also feeling the same maybe you can't afford therapy so you'll listen to us and get get your money's worth because it's free 99 free 99 to listen to the show that's free with an (laughs) f so if it's therapy I love it and we love to see it yeah we have a lot to talk about this week I don't care how long this episode is this is Thanksgiving we can take our time because y'all are eating your greens beans potatoes tomatoes lamb ham hogs dogs you name it (laughs) you name it you name it so with that being said let us get into our first topic so miss megan the stallion has been burning the scene up she's been everywhere promoting her new album good news and during her press run she decided to not appear on the breakfast club if you guys don't know the breakfast club is a popular uh, radio station in new york Anybody blackity black that's relevant, that's the hottest place to be when it comes to promoting anything because they have a lot of reach. So that's the place to be if you have something to promote. So Megan Thee Stallion with this hot new hip hop album that's coming out, we thought that that would be a perfect stop for her to go. But it turns out that Megan Thee Stallion did not want to go talk to them because it seems like she doesn't think that they are a safe space for women. With that being said, if you guys haven't been following the news, Megan Thee Stallion, of course, got shot by Tory Lanez and she's been dealing Dealing with a lot of drama from that so obviously with a new album to promote she probably doesn't want to talk about that and she doesn't think the breakfast club would honor her wishes in respecting her wishes to not talk about the things that make her uncomfortable so after when got out that she won't be appearing on their show Charlemagne and his other co-host Angela Yee and whatever the other guy's name is they were started trashing her they started saying that oh Megan the Stallion will go talk to GQ and other white publications but when it comes to black media outlets she doesn't want to talk to them Meg was supposed to be here this week but she um they had a long laundry list of things not to talk to yeah, her about I and it that, was all Tory Lanez and that situation related yeah I think I think you know what I, yeah I think it's crazy because when she does white publications white publications she's able to talk and and talk about everything that she wants to talk about but mm-hmm. when she goes to the black press and black publications there's a list that the label sends out that you know don't ask her about this don't talk about this don't talk about that but we're the ones that support her and hold her down and play her music and, and talk about all the good things that she does. And I felt like they were in a way gaslighting her because personally, I don't think that the Breakfast Club is a safe space for women. And I think that she was looking out for her best interest because she didn't want any clips of them asking her about Tory Lanez to circulate on the Internet. So she's protecting her own peace. And I think that what she did is in her best interest. What do you think? Man, it comes down to the stuff we were talking about last week. It's okay to do what's best for you. Always have your best interest at heart. If she feels like it's not a safe space for her, don't fucking go there. Listen, there's a bunch of weird stuff that we don't know all the details about about that shooting. Like, it's super weird, all this stuff. But, like, her saying that's not a safe space, I don't, you know, I don't know where I lean on that or not. If this was Charlemagne five, six, seven years ago when he was talking about sniffing, uh, sniffing, uh, Kelly Rowland's seat after she got with stuff like yeah I can completely agree with you because that's that's super weird like you're acting like a predator and like you have a wife 
like this is super weird but like if she don't want to do press with them she's she's fine she's one of the biggest stars in the world she's fine she doesn't need the breakfast club and to be honest they just got inducted into the uh, radio music hall of fame like they don't need meg the stallion either I know, but just having her on the show and how they have like long interviews, it's 40 minutes to ask Megan the Stallion whatever you want. That's good views for them. That's good publicity for them. And it's also good publicity for Megan the Stallion. So I guess she weighed the odds and she's like, it's not worth it for me and my piece. I'm not going on their show. Because for me, I do think that the Breakfast Club is a toxic place for many people. If you look at what Charlemagne was doing to Lil Mama years ago, saying that if her face was the Bible, it would be the Old Testament. Like, <laughs> look at, look at, you see that? And if your face was the Bible, it would be the Old Testament. You play too much, I swear. <laughs> now, little mama, do you feel like, do you feel like though yeah, that you, you have to be, much. you have to be defensive? You hear too pretty laughing, y'all. I'm not laughing because I think that's messed up to say to somebody. He was so disrespectful to her to the point where she started crying on air, and. I was embarrassed for her because you're going to an interview for people to hear you out, not to get made fun of. He was saying, oh, ain't nobody checking for little mama. And then he went around the room saying, do you got any little mama on your phone? And everybody was like, no, no. And it was embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) She's a guest on your show and you're disrespecting her. We about to put a sock in his mouth. Listen here, chill out, Jurassic Park, Tyrannosaurus Rex, prehistoric face. You got to see the black scar on this guy's face. Where did that come from? Is that a birthmark? Actually, he would not have the same energy for other men or other high-profile guests, but he feels as though he can pick on Lil Mama because she's, you know, a lower-level celebrity, and I don't think that's right. When it comes to um, Amara La Negra, she was another um, dark-skinned, I think she's from the Dominican Republic, a dark-skinned woman. She makes music. She came on the show and was talking about colorism, and they spent the whole time gaslighting her and acting like colorism doesn't exist in entertainment when they know full well that it surely does. They'll always pick up, they'll always pick the lighter, you know, they'll always pick the ones that look like I said before, like J-Lo's and Shakira's and stuff before they look at us. But when you look like me, oh, you're, you don't look Latina enough. What does that even mean? There isn't a Latin country that doesn't have people that look like myself. So why aren't we on magazine? Why aren't we on movies? Why aren't we? So it bothers me. Who cares if you're talented? Who cares if you're educated? You know, you're always going to be the last option. And that's just, it's just a symbol of beauty. I don't don't see that. Like, so you think it's the dark skin? Of course it is. So I'm not even going to front. Issa Rae? How do you explain people? SZA? How do you explain those? But she's talking about the Latin market. I'm yeah, confused. yeah. So you're, you're not Latin, so you don't listen to Latin music. Exactly. I, 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 I thought she's general. trying to break in America. I think for Amada, she's had her. America, <laughs> Americans will accept me easier than the Latin community would. For the most part, I'm coming from the Latin market okay. into the American, mm-hmm. and this is the struggles that we have. Right, you can say you, sure you don't. not in your mind? Well, what is Cardi B? So I don't think that they had Megan Thee Stallion's best interest. I think that they were going to ask her about Tory Lanez. They were going to ask her exactly what happened. And I don't think that Megan Thee Stallion wants us to know what happened. It happened between everybody was that was there. And if she wants to keep it between the people that were involved, I think that she's more than entitled to do so. I mean, I've agreed with you from the beginning. That's her right to do that. Like, that's when you're speaking my language. If she's looking at, like, what's my return on investment here from doing this? Mm -hmm. I'm a big return on investment guy. Like, if I ain't getting, if I'm not, if I don't see that the pros outweigh the cons here, the fuck am I doing it for? Exactly. Like, so I'm with her 100% if that's how she looked at it. If she don't want to talk about what happened that night, she don't have to. The only time she's going to have to talk is in court. 
Because there's people out there, I, I believe Megan Thee Stallion, that might be controversial to say that, and it shouldn't be, I believe her. If she's one of the hottest rappers out now, why would she need to lie? She doesn't need any publicity, and that's embarrassing publicity too, that you got shot. It's like a reflection on who you're hanging out with. It's not a good look, so I don't think that anybody would fake being shot in order to get good press. That's just the way I see it. That would be a stupid, stupid move. That's kind of like if you got shot for good press, that's kind of like the whole Jesse Smollett thing. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's going to backfire on you. I don't know why he did that. I don't know why. <laughs> why did he do that? That's beyond me. You know, sometimes light skinned people don't be thinking right. You know, that's all I can say about it. I know. I know. We see. We hear it on the show too, because Dupree is light skinned, y'all. So when he doesn't make sense, we know why. Because light skinned people. <laughs> I, I am not light skinned. Don't let nobody ever tell you that. Oh my god! Everybody ever tell you that, (laughs) man? Okay, so one thing that I always say is that if something is not broke, don't fix it. So I don't know if y'all have noticed, but Instagram decided to update, and they added a shopping cart and all this other stuff. They moved the post button around. They moved the like button around. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I knew it was a red flag when Facebook bought Instagram, and now they're trying to turn Instagram to Facebook, where there's a marketplace. I just don't think that this is it because instagram was supposed to be about pictures and then it morphed to stories then it morphed to reels and now it's morphing to a shopping cart where people can buy stuff too i think that they're losing the intent behind the app in the first place and when you lose what your intent is as a brand that's when you start losing your audience and i feel like a lot of people are turned off by this update what do you think so to be completely honest with you like the only time i'm ever perusing ig usually is to repost the clips that we post <laughs> on the so like, show. I, it, yeah, like it doesn't really. IG doesn't affect my day. Like I don't fuck. Like I, I. So like some people use it for different things, right? Like some people actually use IG because they're interested in what's going on in other people's lives. That's not me. <laughs> like mm. I don't want to sound like fucked up or anything, but it's, it's just that's just not me, right? Like I'm not going to be posting pictures every day for you to see my life because it's not really your business. Like I'll let you see what I what I want you to see. Sure. Or, like, the same thing with, like, Snapchat and Twitter. Like, if I go on there and post something, I just post it. I ain't looking at nobody else's stuff because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I think I'm, like, one of those weird outliers. But with IG update, like, it's the same thing. Like, when they put the stories there, or they changed how big the circles were. They took away some people being able to see likes. People will complain about it. They'll get over it. They'll keep using it. It's That's not a, true. that big of a deal. I know who I know. Snapchat is mad because Instagram killed Snapchat and it's never been the same. So ever since Instagram adopted stories, less and less people are posting on Snapchat. But interestingly, Dupree says that he actually uses his Snapchat. I deleted the app a long time ago. I just be posting my post-workout stuff on Snapchat sometimes. Yeah, it is yeah. what you make of it. If you want to post whatever you want, that's fine. But you're right. I feel like everybody gets outraged because I think Twitter now posted that they now do stories as well and everybody's up in arms. But at the same time, y'all are going to continue using it. So you get mad now, then you start using it later, and then it just becomes part of the normal system of using Twitter. I feel so Twitter is super weird to me. Like the way that I've seen it used and the way I hear people talk about it is like, it's kind of like when Facebook first started and, like, you have a conversation with yourself and hope somebody else joins in. Like, I remember being young and posting on Facebook, about to go to the gym. I guess I'm posting that because I want somebody else to say something like, oh, I'm going to the gym, too, or, hey, how was your workout? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get the point of it. It's really weird to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't even use Facebook. All these, like, viruses and bots and fake news. Like, I'm good. I'm good. There's already enough fake news circulating. I don't need to see any more of that. 
I think that in the next four years here, we're going to see companies like Twitter and Facebook get some sanctions put on them because of false information. I think we're going to see Amazon get broken up because it's an antitrust. If you look at what a monopoly is and an antitrust, that definitely is Amazon. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see some real things happen here. I think so, too, because Amazon is trying to take over the world. I think I was talking to my brother the other day and he told me that Amazon is now starting a pharmacy. I'm like, when is this going to end? Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, are they going to take over every aspect of our lives? Think about it. Amazon Music, Amazon TV, Amazon Alexa that sits in your house and listens to your conversations, um, Amazon that delivers stuff to your house. Like, there's more that I'm probably not naming, but they've taken over every aspect of our life. And it's only a matter of time before. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to go on the list if I continue talking. But that's all I'll say for now. (laughs) Yeah, you better be careful. I know some of my my old episodes have gotten me on the list. (laughs) I know that for a fact. I'm not joking. I know that for a fact, yeah. And we all know that you're on the list because anybody that's considered radical left is automatically goes to the list. So you're on the list. So don't don't think any differently. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not, whatever. You are. Embrace it. it. I'm not going to fight it. Love it. Embrace it. I'm not radical left. It's who you are and just love it. Love it for who you are. (laughs) Speaking of loving who you are and embracing your gifts... Cardi B, turns out that Billboard decided to give their biggest honor to Cardi B. She won Billboard's Women or Woman of the Year. Um, she released one single, WAP, this year, and this award is about women who have made huge strides in the music industry. Do you think that they made the right choice in selecting Cardi B as Billboard's Woman of the Year? I mean, I can think of another female artist who I would say deserved it more than her. Like, one so if this is billboard right it's talking about topping the charts and having all these singles on the hot 100 and all this stuff like if you release one song no matter how big it is unless it was number one all year through then you probably don't deserve that award right mm-hmm. so i don't know i think somebody like her has had a bigger impact on music this year and you know but maybe she's not as commercially marketed as cardi and that's why it's it's a show award right it's like hey, we're not giving it to Taylor Swift this year. Who's another popping artist that we can give it to? Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. I think it's all about politics, honestly. If you play the game right, if you're a big enough artist, you can like fix your way into getting awards like this. Personally, I don't think that Cardi B deserved it. And I'm not a Cardi B hater. I actually like her and I think she's funny. But I don't think that she deserved it. I think that you have to like at least put out an album to be considered for the award. I don't think one single, even though WAP was a huge single. I agree with. I I don't think that that should be enough for you to get the award. Megan Thee Stallion, personally for me, had a bigger year than Cardi B. Um, She had a couple number ones. She had Savage and she had WAP and she's been all over the news. I think that she was somebody that's deserving of it. But I think that because she's a new artist, they didn't want to give their top award to somebody that's new and hasn't really proven themselves in the industry um, longevity wise. So I think that's why they decided to give it to Cardi B because Cardi B is loved by critics and everybody. I don't think she deserved it. And going back and looking at who they've awarded it to in the past. So I saw that Taylor Swift got it. Beyonce got it. um, Fergie got it in 2010. And I was just scratching my head because what did Fergie do in 2010 to get that award? I'll I'll tell you exactly what she did in 2010. You remember this? I got a feeling that was my prom song. (laughs) Like that song was everywhere. They got a timeless classic. Maybe that's why she got it. I don't know. I mean, the only thing I remember Fergie doing is a couple years ago, she went to an NBA game and did the national anthem and she was saying stuff like, I was like, what is she singing? Man. 
Steph Curry and Draymond Green were just laughing. They could not hold themselves. <laughs> oh my god. That was amazing TV. Some things are so bad that you can't help but like keep watching. Like you want to turn away, but you're like, this is amazing. I gotta keep watching this. That's how I feel every time I see Selena Gomez somewhere. Well, the funny thing is that Fergie thought that she did such a good job. I remember after she sang, she was like, let's play some basketball. And she was like trying to hype up the audience. People were laughing <laughs> at you, not with she you. She thought she fucking killed it. She tried to do a jazz rendition of the anthem, and that was not it. That was not it. But, um, you know, you have your good days, you have your bad days, and that was a bad day for Fergie. That was a dark day. Since we were talking about music, um, we always love to talk about uh, fan and listener interaction on this show. Yes. Somebody came at Justin's character as a man. Oh, I know. <laughs> about the weekend. <laughs> I know. So you should probably tell that story. <laughs> yeah. So, um... You know, I posted something on the Instagram. Speaking of which, if you're not following the Instagram, a link to that is in the description. Follow me, follow Dupree, get in touch with the show, see what we post. But um, I posted something promoting last week's episode. And then a random weekend stan who stalks all of the hashtags saw that we did an episode. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's people out there, stands that stalk hashtags, and if they see that their fave is mentioned, they go and see if somebody was saying good stuff or bad stuff about them. So obviously, I'm an honest person, and I said, honestly, all I said in the episode was that I'm not the biggest fan of The weekend. He has a shaky voice sometimes. He's not my fave, and I don't think that he's the best choice for the Super Bowl. That's all I said. I didn't say anything derogatory. I didn't call him out of his name. I said what was my truth, and that person said, um... I heard what you said about the weekend and you're just a hater. You are a clown. And they put a clown emoji. You're just jealous. I'm like, you're crazy. You're going out of your way to defend somebody that does not know of your existence, does not know who you are, and yet you're defending them like a crazy person. Get a life. Get a life. And I mean that with all respect. We're just saying whatever we want to say on the show. Um, obviously, sometimes I embellish certain things, and I don't mean it 100%, but I'm just saying it in good fun for the show. So don't take everything I say seriously. And the, a lot of these stands are crazy and need a dose of reality. So I remember I sent Dupree a, like a meme of Serena whenever she was going off on that ref you attacking my character you owe me an apology <laughs> for you to attack my character there's something is wrong it's wrong you attacking my character yes you are you owe me an apology you owe me an apology <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah but the crazy part about it is Justin's gonna sit there and text me like yo is this you is this a fake account <laughs> what <laughs> yo what's crazy I told Enrique about this story. And he was like, yo, was that he was like, was that you on a fake account just fucking with him? I was like, nah, it wasn't. 
I, it was a typo. I meant to say, did you see this person attacking me? Whatever I sent, it made it seem like I was asking Dupree, did he create an account to attack me? Because everybody knows that Dupree is a weekend stan. He has a weekend pillow, a weekend poster, weekend mouthwash. He probably has it all. Wow. Attacking my character. Is that attacking you to saying that you're a big fan of him? I think that the weekend would really appreciate that. Nah, see, you talking about I have a weekend pillow and a mouthwash and all stuff like <laughs> The only person I feel that way about is Prince, okay? Mm. Oh, and by the way, since we're talking about music, Justin wanted to try me the other day and started saying <laughs> some derogatory stuff about Prince. And I was like, listen, I could send you the Addy. Th- that- that's the same invitation everybody get. You want to say something about Prince? Here's the Addy. Pull up. You know, Dupree is very, like, big and tough, but when it comes down to having these words against somebody that's bigger than him, Dupree is 6'10", so let's say somebody's seven foot had something to say about Prince, <laughs> would, you ha- <laughs> would you have the same energy? Probably not. The baby dump oh, trucks yes, are for everybody that's not as big as Dupree, because those are the people that he feels like he can take. But uh-uh. he doesn't know that I'm uh-uh. African, and I'm Nigerian, and I'm not like those <laughs> other people that he tried to fight in the past. I'm different. I'll be jumping and going crazy, so don't even try it. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, these hands are rated E for everyone. It don't matter if you 6'10", it don't matter if you 5'10", it don't matter if you 4'10". If you get me to the place where I want to put hands on you, then that's just the place that we're at. But I do have to say something that I don't want people to to listen to this and think that like I'm condoning violence all the time on here. Because to be honest with you, I'm really not, man. Like it takes a lot for me to want to fight somebody. Yeah, like it really takes a lot for me to want to fight somebody. But the thing is, like once you get me to that point, we're going to have to fight. Like once my mind's made up that I'm going to fight you. We gotta fight, mm-hmm. but like, I'm not on here condoning violence. Like I don't have some short fuse where it's like, oh, you bumped my shoulder. Now we gotta fight. Like, nah, I don't, I don't <laughs> run around like that. Like that's not me. Bump his shoulder two or three times, and maybe that'll be a different scenario. But once he's not gonna go crazy, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in forgiveness. I'm a child of God. You know? Yes. <laughs> so those baby dump trucks, let's reserve them for those secret fans that are always talking mess, but they still listen to the show. You know who you are. <laughs> Justin, Justin is getting at y'all today. The last thing that I was going to say to bounce off of the Cardi B story is that Cardi B, I like her, but I think she's annoying. She's annoying because there might be 10 million people loving her and showering her with praises, but it'd be one person in the comments that has something negative to say. And she goes in an IG rant and talks about, I deserve this. And they gave me this award because people love you. If people love you, keep that to yourself and appreciate those that are here for you instead of worrying about your haters and the people that don't like you. The people that don't like you don't pay your bills. Worry about the people that prop you up and make you as big as you are because you're nothing without your fans. So stop worrying about those negative people that have you know bad things to say about you that's why if i ever got famous i would never address the haters ever because i don't need them in life there's always going to be people that don't like you i think that i'm a friendly person i honestly think that there's no reason for anybody to hate me maybe you can dislike me but i don't think that i've done anything to anybody for them to hate me you can be the best person ever but still somebody's going to find something to not like about you whether it's your shirt whether it's your skin color 
color, whether it's the way you talk or the way you dress. Like, people will find something to dislike you, and that's just a part of life. Because Cardi B went on a whole rant, like, defending Billboard. Good morning, y'all. It's your girl, Cardi B. And yes, I am a woman of the year. And for you, Cardi B, it's like, but she only got one song. Yeah, I got that song, bitch. You know, um, the one that sold the most, the one that streamed the most, the one that had Republicans crying on Fox News about it. Um, the one that have a song that's about to be six time platinum in three months. The one that had your grandma popping her pussy on TikTok. Yeah, bitch. That one. And on top of that, but like for over a year, you know what I'm saying? I've been influencing using my platform for y'all to vote. Not just when Joe Biden was going against Trump. I've been informing y'all about y'all senators. I've been informing y'all about district, midterm elections. Uh, using my money, my own money to meet up with these candidates like Bernie. Flying out, tired after shows. Yeah, that's me, bitch. Even when y'all was crying like, but you don't represent us. Yes, I do, bitch. I represent America, okay? And I wanted to change. And that's exactly what the fuck I did. And um, eat it up. I'm just that bitch. Eat it up with a spoon so I can get a mouthful. I said that she didn't deserve it, but who am I? I'm just a spectator. She got the award, I didn't. And that should be all that matters. Worry about the people that care about you. Dab yourself. Dab yourself right there. That was a prayer cloth moment. But now that's what I come on here and say on this podcast every week. Like, listen, this podcast ain't for everybody. I ain't for everybody. You ain't for everybody. And everybody listening to this ain't for everybody. Like, there's going to be people that don't like you, but what do they matter? What, what, what do they matter to your life at all? And like, once you come to a place of understanding that, like, I ain't for everybody. I know there's going to be people that dislike me in this life. It doesn't really matter. Like, I don't stay up at night thinking about it. <laughs> who cares you know what i mean like you can just keep going segue king um speaking of loving the people around you loving the people that support you um as we mentioned earlier in the episode the fresh prince of bel-air had a 30-year reunion and it was great how crazy is it walking in here <laughs> <laughs> I've always been able to recognize chemistry. Will and Alfonso, from the very beginning, were just playmates. This is my brother Carlton. He knows we can't afford any bigger clothes, so he just doesn't grow. <laughs> so HBO Max, they have um, the reunion streaming on their service. And for some people that were able to catch it on YouTube, somebody uploaded to YouTube and I watched it there. But um, it was beautiful to see the whole cast come together and reminisce on the history of the show, their audition, the good moments, the bad moments. We'll talk about that in a second. I thought it was a great show. I always love shows that are about something that teach a lesson, but at the same time, it's very entertaining. So I love that show. And I also love Janet Hubert, who played the mom, Aunt Vivian, on Fresh Prince for the first three seasons. I thought that she was great, too. Who is in charge here? I am. Let those kids out. These kids are car thieves. And you have made a big mistake. Now, I don't know how you got that bogus confession out of them, but those two boys haven't stolen a thing from anyone. This has got to be the biggest amateur operation I have seen since Mayberry RFD. <laughs> so, um, if you guys haven't heard... Aunt Viv and Will Smith, in real life, they actually had a rift. They had a falling out due to some misunderstandings. They offered me this really bad deal in the third season. They said, you've got two months and two weeks of work and you cannot work anywhere else. So that meant my salary was cut. I had a new baby 
and a husband who was out of work. So I said no. I did not accept their offer. I was never fired. She got with Will Smith and asked him, since he is the star of the show, he can use his star power to help negotiate and get raises for everybody in the cast. Will Smith didn't feel comfortable doing that. Um, that turned her off. And because of that, they had a feud. Janet was then recast with the light skin Aunt Viv. And the show was never the same. And also, Janet Hubert's career was never the same. I can see now the level of pain and the level of struggle that it was for you just to show up every day and then but you took all that away from me mm -hmm. with your words you know mm -hmm. words can kill mm -hmm. i lost everything reputation everything everything and i understand you were able to move forward but you know those words calling a black woman difficult mm -hmm. in hollywood is the kiss of death so she's been on a tour, you know, always tearing up Will Smith and having bad things to say about him in the press anytime that he's mentioned. And they've just had beef for years. So since it was a 30-year reunion, Will Smith thought that there was no way that he could have a reunion without at least offering an olive branch to Janet Hubert and asking for forgiveness for what he did. So I said a lot. What did you think of the reunion? What did you think of the story of Janet Hubert and Will Smith coming together? What was your take on HBO Max's Fresh Prince reunion, Dupree? So, <clears throat> it was so beautiful to see that reunion. Um, the Fresh Prince was a big part of my life growing up. Um, and it was just black excellence, right? Like, it's not a show where they're portraying black people and all the negative stereotypes that you always see, right? Like this guy's a lawyer and a judge. This lady's a professor with a professor with a PhD. They live in Beverly Hills or Bel Air. You know, they, they have this amazing life and they're able to provide for their family and everything. So it showed you a different side of the black experience. Um, and that show was so important and it was funny and it taught you life lessons all at the same time. So yeah, seeing that reunion was beautiful. Um, seeing Will and Janet kill their beef. It was great. Like it gives me hope that, you know, the guy who took cookies from me in preschool, one day we could squash our beef, you know? <laughs> um, but no, all jokes aside, like, I, I love it. My stance has always been, like, I'm willing to have a conversation with anyone, you know? Like, if you're so far removed, like, we're talking 27 years, right? If I'm 27 years removed from whatever made us not cool again, like, outside of, like, you killing somebody I love, like, there's no more emotions behind us anymore. We just don't like each other, so... Anything that we say to each other is unfiltered. So, like, let's have the conversation, right? If you're talking 27 years, that's a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and it ties into what we were talking about <clears throat> last last week, right? Like, God removes stuff from your life. Like, think about it, like, as a garden, right? Like, it's removing weeds from your life. But there's a flip side to that. You could be a weed in somebody else's garden. Ooh. You never thought about that, right? Like, a lot of people don't think they could be the problem. And, you know, that 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 goes both ways. Like, I might not think that I'm a problem in somebody's life, and I could be. Or, I, you know, I could have been in the past. And maybe that's why, like, somebody from middle school didn't want to be friends freshman year. Or somebody in college didn't want to be friends senior year. There's people that are weeds in your life. But I think life is short. And if there's a way to bury bad feelings and stuff like that, like, maybe maybe you should do that depending on the situation. I think everybody moves differently. And that's mm -hmm. up to you to decide as a person if that's how you want to move. But here's my one thing. People talk about forgiveness like it's a flip switch. That's not true. You need to learn from things. Let's say you have a friend and they steal from you. You love them. They admit they stole from you. You decide to continue that friendship. 
you probably shouldn't leave them unattended around your shit. That's just how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like forgive but not forget. Like I forgive you for acknowledging your wrong, but in the back of my mind, I'm always gonna keep my eyes on you. Make sure you're not taking from me again, because that's the thing about somebody wronging you. It opens your eyes, and you're more alert. Life is about learning lessons, and sometimes we learn lessons to be more vigilant around people that we thought that we could trust. This reunion, I thought it was great. I don't know about Dupree. He's a manly man. He probably didn't cry, but I had some tears in my eyes. I had some tears in my eyes when it came to. Janet forgiving Will and I also had some tears in my eyes when it came to Uncle Phil but sticking on the Janet part like you said life is very short and watching that made me want to end all of the beefs or hypothetical beefs that I have in my life it made me want to forgive people it made me want to be a better person because it's not worth it it's not worth it to hold on to something because people don't realize whenever you hold on to anger it ages you it doesn't matter if black don't crack it sure cracks when you hold on to that anger and that hatred for years upon years <laughs> it's not healthy it's not good for your skin and it's not good for your heart either I'm being honest I I just felt that it was the right thing to do I think that it would be very awkward to have a 30-year reunion for the show and not mention somebody that was such an integral part of the show. Janet Hubert was the best version of Aunt Viv. And this is no disrespect to Daphne Maxwell-Reed, who who did a great job in her own right, but it's not even close. As Dupree said, she did such a great job. She brought so much power and meaning to that role. And she did a lot for the younger generation, whether we realize it or not. Seeing a powerful, dark-skinned black woman with a PhD, that's a great thing. And a lot of people didn't see that on TV for a long time. So she did a lot for the role and I'm glad that she was able to find her forgiveness Will Smith is at at a place in his career where he's had a few flops he is kind. he's not on the downswing of his career but his career is kind of like at a plateau Dupree I think we've talked about this off pod but there was a point in time where Will Smith was the biggest actor in Hollywood 2005 2006 2007 was peak Will Smith, Pursuit of Happiness, Seven Pounds, Shark Tale. He had so many movies. I am legend. Uh, Yeah, keep naming. I am legend. Hancock. Ali. Ali. He got an Oscar nomination for that. I, Robot. I, Robot. Come on. This guy was on top of the world. And then he made After Earth. Then he made another flop. Then he made another flop. And for a while, it seems that he's been having quite a few flops. So I don't know if audiences are over Will Smith, if he had his time, and now other people have taken the mantle of top actor in Hollywood. Everybody has their time. But the most important thing is that Will Smith, now that he's getting older, his kids are getting older, he's realizing and reflecting on his life and the people that he might have hurt. And Janet Huper, she was given the reputation as difficult and it was hard for her to get work. And I feel for her watching an actor like Will Smith, you know, ascend while you are not getting jobs, while you're struggling to feed your family. I would I would have a lot of resentment towards him and I understand the way Janet was feeling especially if she feels that she was in the right and Will Smith was wrong for giving her that label of difficult and having her recast from the show I do think that it was sincere and I hope that they're able to move past it but I think it took a lot coming together for them to reach that conclusion like I said man I just think it's it's beautiful like I can't like 27 years man like it's a long time holding a grudge that long and I get it. He hurt her and cost her her livelihood. So that's not one of those situations where I'd say, let that hurt go, sis, because nah, like if you took food off my, my family's plate, 
we got some problems. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the 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 end all be all of it. But you mentioned something about him saying she was difficult to work with, and you know, like black women have always had the stereotype of being sassy and loud and all that stuff. And like, if you confirm that about her, you stained her reputation forever. What I will say, because you brought this up um, in our conversation before the podcast, you know, you talk about Monique saying Tyler Perry owes her an apology because he blacklisted her and everything. I just can't, I can't get down with her because of one thing when she was on the breakfast club and she was just going at Charlemagne so hard and being so disrespectful and talked about like, Oh, if you were a slave, you would have been that slave that brought your wife to the master's house to get fucked. Like you're going to hear yourself around the world because we have to explain brothers like you We do. And when we watched that movie birth of a nation and we saw that man walk his wife into that master's house, we watched him walk his wife in. Then we watched him go back and get him. You're that brother. I thank y'all for y'all time, my babies. If you say something like that to somebody, like, you, t- you escalated the situation. You took it to another level. He was disrespecting her, though. Okay, so but here's my thing. People don't understand consequences. The energy you put into a situation isn't what's needed. Now you're escalating it. So somebody could beat the brakes off of you for saying something to them like that. And then what happens when you get beat up? You're going to cry victim? Like, you can't control how somebody else responds to the energy that you bring to them, whether it's justified or not. Last year in that football game against Pittsburgh and against the Steelers and the Browns, when uh, Miles Garrett took that boy helmet off and smacked him in the head with it because supposedly he called him a nigger, right? And everybody's like, oh, Miles Garrett should get suspended forever, blah, blah. That man knew what he was doing when he called him a nigger. We're not trying to get sued Allegedly, here. yes. Allegedly. He knew what he was doing when he allegedly called him the N-word. What that man does that you call the N-word is not in your control at all. It's not up to you. How he responds is how he responds. So you need to be very careful about the stuff you bring to somebody's door because how they answer that door, you have no control or no say over. I, with Monique, I feel like a lot of people don't like Monique because she's big, she's loud and unfiltered, and she's honest. And a lot of people are threatened by that. They're threatened by a dark-skinned black woman who's a little bit bigger. They're afraid to hear them speak. They're afraid of their opinions. And with her whole like boycotting Netflix thing, I feel like she didn't really have a case there because it's all about supply and demand she brought up amy schumer and dave chappelle those people you know have a lot of demand monique yes she's a legend yes she has an oscar but she doesn't bring that same draw that those other comedians do so when she was trying to sue netflix for gender bias and discrimination i feel like it was kind of like a bogus case even though i do feel for her do i think that she's worth more than five hundred thousand? yes the is she worth as much as they were paying dave chappelle and chris rock and kevin hart probably not but i think that that we should give her no not the, at all the respect not that she all. deserves and i think that she deserves much more than five hundred thousand. it's kind of a slap in the face like you said the most important thing you said there is it's about supply and demand nobody's checking for monique the same way people are checking for dave fucking Chappelle. simple yeah. as that so she can, she she'd get laughed out of any room if she's like hey this is what dave Chappelle's making this is what i want they'd be like yeah we'll have our assistant see you out Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Man, so she she it was a bogus case, but I do think the important thing is to honor and respect our legends, pay them what they're worth, and honor them. But to go back to Janet Hubert, so a lot of people on Twitter were saying that Will Smith owes her for the decades of lost pay and lost, you know, job opportunities. Do you think that Will Smith should do something for Janet to make up for what he did? Is an apology enough? I don't know what he can do, because like you said, like his name doesn't carry the same weight that it used to. Like, if you hear that Will Smith is starring in a movie, 
Like, I don't know how much more proof we need. The last six or seven have been flops. Even the ones on Netflix have been flops. So, like, him saying, hey, I'll put you in a movie with me. What's the chances of that movie doing well? His last good year was 2013. You know, when he had, what, that concussion movie? And he had Focus, which I really enjoyed the movie Focus. One reason why, I mean, I don't hate Will Smith, but I kind of looked at him funny after 2015. So in 2015, he did a movie called Concussion, where he played a Nigerian doctor who discovered CTE among retired NFL players and wanted to study the brain. As a Nigerian, his accent was terrible. He might have done decent acting, but it was not Academy Award worthy at all. He had a line where he was like, Tell the truth! Tell the truth! Tell the truth! It was terrible. I was like, is this a Nigerian or what? I was like, this is not good. After nominations came out that year, Will Smith was not nominated. And this was also the same year where every single acting category was all white people. So Jada Pinkett Smith released an Instagram video where she was like, let's come together. Let's boycott the Oscars. The Academy has the right to acknowledge whomever they choose, to invite whomever they choose. And now I think that is our responsibility now to make the change. Maybe it is time that we pull back our resources and we put them back into our communities, into our programs, and we make programs for ourselves that acknowledge us in ways that we see fit that are just as good as the so-called mainstream ones. And I was like, really? Boycott the Oscars because Will Smith didn't get nominated? She tried to make it seem like it was about the bigger picture, but it wasn't. Your husband didn't get nominated for an Oscar, so you're telling everybody to boycott, jeopardize their career and connections to help benefit you. And I don't think that that was a good look, and it really made me not like Will Smith the same way, because I felt like it was a cop-out. And I remember Janet Hubert even released a video after that, and she was coming at Will and saying that there are bigger fish to fry than worrying about the Oscars, and I think that she was right. Maybe you didn't deserve uh, a nomination. I didn't think, frankly, you deserve a Golden Globe nomination with that accent, but you got one. And just because the world don't go the way you want it to go, doesn't mean that you can go out and then you start asking people to stand up and sing, we shall overcome for you. Mm. You ain't Barack and Michelle Obama. And y'all need to get over yourselves. You have a huge production company that you only produce your friends, your family, and yourself. So you are a part of Hollywood. You are a part of the system that is unfair to other actors. So get real. Will Smith was did not give an Academy Award worthy performance and he didn't get nominated as he should. Get it off your chest. Look at the prayer cloth coming out again. <laughs> this guy's on fire. I had to get that off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things we also wanted to talk about was Bill Maher. Bill Maher, he has a show on HBO, and he went on a rant on his show talking about the state of the Democratic Party, and he's saying that woke culture and being overly sensitive is having negative effects among the electorate, and he talked about cancel culture and defunding the police and social justice warriors and digging into people's past, getting them fired and forcing them to apologize is killing the party. But as I've said before, politics in this country is binary. You have to wear everything anyone on your side does. Republicans are the party of don't wear masks, kids in cages, 
lock her up, and Democrats are the party of every hypersensitive social justice warrior woke bullshit story in the news. They're the party that disappears people or tries to make them apologize for ridiculous things. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, what do you think of his whole soliloquy about the Democratic Party? There's a lot of parts about what he said that was completely true. So I just want to take people back. I think that sometimes we can be too woke in air quotes for our own good. Think about how the dialogue started between us. We were I was saying about how I didn't like Lizzo and was making a couple jokes and me and Enrique and then you messaged us about it. And that's how this whole dialogue started. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to not like things or we're not allowed to not fuck with someone just because we don't, you know, and it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a hater either. I, I can't stand when people take that position. Like if my job tries to fire me because of something I did in fifth grade, they would be met with a very swift lawsuit because that shit's dumb. Well, it depends on what you did. It depends on what you did, because Brett Kavanaugh allegedly raped somebody. So I feel like that's worthy of you being fired if you have rape allegations against you. Fifth grade, you you barely know how to do anything in fifth grade. You can barely make your own cereal and noodles in fifth grade. Like you should be if a white kid called a black kid the N word in fifth grade. How old are you in fifth grade? What, 12? Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe younger than that, probably. Right. At 40, you probably didn't have some life experiences you probably there's a good chance that you aren't that person anymore and you probably didn't even know what it mean when you were saying that should that should you be fired from your job for something that you did 30 years ago like i don't know i think we gotta draw a line somewhere we, we do have to draw a line somewhere and i do agree with you on that but i also think that it does depend on what you did as well and when you did it right so we're not talking about murder and rape we're yeah. talking about tweets right and shit like that well, that's why I said it depends on what the culture is at the time, because things change and people change as well. And I think we should be given the opportunity to prove ourselves. We should be given the opportunity to grow and we should be given the opportunity to change our opinions if we have a change of heart. I think that sometimes we t- we judge people too harshly using the lens of 2020. But at the time, that was appropriate. So I think the thing with cancel culture, I think that we should rename it something else. I think we should call it accountability culture, because that's that's all it is, or at least that's what it should be. We should look into the past, look at what was problematic, and understand it for what it was, and learn from it as we you know, move towards the future. That should be the point. If you just cancel somebody because they did something wrong, there's no room for growth and there's no room for development. I think that everybody should be given the chance to learn from their wrongs and rectify that. And if you choose not to rectify that, we have a choice to not support you anymore. You said you agreed with the the majority of what bill maher was saying yeah so like the term defund the police is really bad marketing it, it just is because there's going to be a lot of people on the other side who you're trying to get to support your policies and vote with you for bigger things that will be turned off by that listen we need police that's just the like if we can't agree on that fundamental thing then what's the point of having a conversation everybody knows we need police here's the thing We need better ones, we need better training, we need better vetting, and we need better accountability. With woke culture, like, people are entitled to opinions, and that goes both ways. Like, I don't like Chance the Rapper. Neither do I. I'm not a hater, I just don't like him. I don't like his music. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But I just don't like his music, so that doesn't make me a hater. Like, you're allowed to... I can't believe that this is what I'm about to do. But I was thinking about this this whole time we were talking and when you sent me these notes, right? We cannot keep pushing... 
the people who were Trump supporters so far into a corner because that's how we got to where we are right now. That's how you got the OANs and the fucking QAnon stuff because you keep pushing these people into a corner. You keep telling them that everything you think, everything you do is wrong. Your existence is wrong. You can't do that. We can save some of these people. We can bring them back to reality. I didn't say all. I said some. Okay. Because I was going to say, some people are beyond saving. Oh, God knows that. Listen, I hope you get a receipt when you give her back to the streets, my guy. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but um, no, like, I, I feel like you can't keep pushing people into a corner. And that's what makes people aggressive, the complete opposite way of where you want them to be. Like, we can all agree that certain things are bad. Certain things people should be held accountable for. But you are allowed to still have opinions. And I don't have to respect or acknowledge your opinion or your existence. But you are allowed to have an opinion. It's up to me whether I take your opinion seriously or not. Like we talked about on here. If somebody comes up to me and says, Tara Swift, the best singer of all time, that is your opinion. You clearly stated it. I don't give a fuck about your opinion. I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> That's my opinion. There are more important things like my existence and Black Lives Matter. That's important to me. That's more important than who's your favorite artist and I don't like this person. Yes, we can agree to disagree, well, but somebody liking somebody has no bearing on my life. Now, you realizing like white privilege and you know policing culture in our country that those things are more important and i think those opinions deserve to have some vetting attached to it listen if you don't believe that black lives matter then there's no need for us to have a conversation because all lives can't matter until black lives do right like mm-hmm. that's like going to a breast cancer walk and saying hey you know bone cancer matters like you're just a dickhead at that point so I agree with you. There are more important things than the trivial example that I gave. But I'm just saying that there has to be common ground in some places to be able to talk to people. When it comes to defunding the police, it's not like every single Congress person was running on a defund the police platform. Whatever they were doing in their precinct or whatever, they need to be listening to those people. They need to really look at how they campaigned and if they were listening to their constituents. That's the most important thing. What works for a congressional district in New York is different from what works in another congressional district in Alabama or Texas. So you have to really look at the people that you're pying for their votes for and, you know, listen to them Um, when it comes to defunding the police i remember during the george floyd situation a lot of people maybe i follow a lot of radical left people but they were saying abolish the police abolish the police defund the police so obviously i agree with you i don't believe in abolishing (laughs) the police because i do think that we need police this is we're not going to have jungle justice where militias are roaming the streets trying to protect the people i don't think you would like that if you abolish the police Anybody that's out there talking about abolish the police, and I don't say this like holding my nose up at anybody, but like you probably don't own shit or you don't have a fulfilling career because (laughs) you need police. Trust me. I'm telling you, the alternative would be bleak. You would have more Cal Rittenhouses roaming the streets, taking justice into their own hands. We don't need any more of that. We don't need any more people dying due to people that think that they're the police or that they think they're law enforcement. We don't need any more of that. So abolishing the police is not the move, but defunding the police, I'm in favor of. But 
I think that they need to change the phrasing of defund the police and call it budget reallocation because that's what it is. Defunding the police sounds like you're draining the bank accounts of the police and we're going to have nothing. We're going to have no police cars, no police uniforms anymore. It scares people because they don't understand it. They equate defunding the police to abolishing the police. But if you call it budget reallocation or something like that, it makes people hear it for what it is. You're taking some of that budget and and putting it in places that are more needed than giving the police officers more guns when they have enough. Make it make sense. I mean, right, like you said, it's budget reallocation, right? Instead of giving the police in Chicago tanks, hey, maybe we open up some more, more food banks. Maybe we improve the school system there. You know, like, budget reallocation is something I can get behind. But like, it, it, like I said before, it's horrible marketing and messaging saying defund the police. But there was also another part in his monologue when he was talking about how the left sometimes disappears people. And in this part, he was talking about cancel culture and how when somebody has a big scandal, they lose support. They're not really able to work anymore. They might lose their show that they were hosting. And during this segment, he had different celebrity pictures flashing on the screen. So did you agree with what he said when it came to us disappearing people and canceling them? Because some of the people that were flashing on the screen was Megyn Kelly, Roseanne, Louis C.K., Woody Allen, and Ellen. Those are some of the people that were flashing on the screen. And I was like, I think some of these people do deserve to be canceled. You know, sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's not. So what did you think when you saw those faces flashing on the screen? That was going to be my whole point to you. I don't think it's a black or white thing. I think it's a case by case basis. Woody Allen, he married his stepdaughter. That's kind of sick. Did he break a law? Maybe he did, but it ain't ever been proven that he molested that girl before she was of age. But I don't want to even talk about that stuff. It's disgusting. Louis C.K., he was touching himself inappropriately in front of women, making them feel uncomfortable. Pride deserved, right? Ellen was a dickhead to people. Should she be canceled? I mean, I personally don't like Ellen. That's just me. <laughs> but she didn't break a law. You know, like, so I think it really is a case-by-case basis on what we're canceling people for. Like, mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson, should he be canceled? Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't know. Like, th- there has to be lines for this. You know right. what I mean? But, like, I feel like people go too hard. That's why I disagree with what he said, because he was using them as examples of people that were canceled and that it was unwarranted. And I think that Megyn Kelly losing her show was warranted. I think that Roseanne losing her show was warranted. Megyn Kelly, she was hosting a show and she was defending use of blackface for Halloween. So truly, you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yes, blackface yes. on Halloween or a black person who puts on whiteface yes. for Halloween. Like, I, back, okay, back when I, I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as, like, a character. Yeah. There was a controversy on The Real Housewives of New York with Luann as she dresses Diana Ross and she made her skin look darker than it really is and people said that that was racist. And I don't know, I thought, like, who doesn't love Diana Ross? She wants to look like Diana Ross for one day. I, I don't know how, like, that got racist on Halloween. I, How can you have a show and host a show, but yet you're justifying blackface if it was in good fun? Are you stupid? So she was fired and she lost her show. Roseanne compared one of Obama's senior aides to an ape. She deserves to lose her show. Some things you can't go back on. So that's why I was confused why Bill Maher had their faces showing because those people do deserve to be canceled. So what point is he making? Yes, we know that cancel culture can go too far, but these specific examples that you're using, these people do deserve to be canceled. So that's why I'm like, what point are you making here? 
But then he brought up the Mario Lopez point where he was like, hey, I don't think a three-year-old or a four-year-old should be choosing their gender. Last year, I read about how NBC held an emergency meeting to determine if Mario Lopez should be fired from his job at Access Hollywood. I thought, holy shit, did he sexually assault somebody? No, he went on a podcast, and when the host brought up the trend of liberal parents letting toddlers pick their gender identity, he said, my God, if you're three years old and you're saying you think you're a boy or a girl, I just think it's a dangerous as a parent to make that determination. Cue the groveling apology. They're three and four. Their brains aren't even fully developed yet. And yeah. And he got canceled for those comments. That I don't agree with that. I don't agree w- with him being canceled either. But I think that if Bill Maher was trying to make a point, be clear in the examples that you choose to use. You can't use people that deserve to be canceled and conflate them with people who also don't deserve to be canceled because it confuses your message. If you're going to talk about something, be clear in your messaging so people can see your point without having reservations. Some people, of course, deserve to be canceled and some people deserve a second chance. Oh, for sure. There are some people that deserve a second chance, but there are, like you said, some offensive, some offenses and some people that, nah, we, we know who you are. You don't deserve a second chance, right? Like, OJ, you pretty much done, my guy. <laughs> He's done. Ellen, she, she might be a bad person behind the scenes, but I feel like she deserves a chance to redeem herself. She didn't do anything illegal. Megyn Kelly, I don't think somebody that justifies use of blackface deserves to have a platform. I just That's just the way I see it. If you having a platform is to educate people, to have broader discussions, I would feel uncomfortable if there's a host that doesn't understand the fundamental fight when it comes to blackface. You don't get it, and you don't deserve to host a show and make millions of dollars like that. I'm sorry. Roseanne? I don't even need to say anything about Roseanne because y'all saw how terrible yeah, that nah. was. Fuck Roseanne. Louis C.K.? Um, what he did, I guess, was sexual harassment. So he's not allowed to work anymore, right? He's been doing some like, you know, stand ups in like clubs and stuff like and that one sucks for me because it's like what I talked about with R. Kelly last week. And like, I loved Louis C.K. Like, I think that guy is hilarious. I loved his stand up specials. Man, you can't go around beating your dick in front of women that don't want you to beat their your dick in front of them. Man, mm-hmm. It's not cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just not OK. So, yeah, you know, unfortunately for him. But like you said, people get second chances, maybe. And, and I think people can learn and grow from situations. So maybe he'll come back and be a better person and, and help raise awareness for a blind spot for what people might think is them not committing, you know, a sexual harassment type of act to somebody and make them realize that it is and you need to change the way that you act in these situations or what makes people uncomfortable it's so fake. who knows? Maybe he can be a, a champion for that moving forward. Who knows? Well, I will hold him to that and we'll see if that's what he does. But it's fake because we're selective with the people that we give second chances to. Mel Gibson, remember when he went on that whole racist tirade? Then a couple years ago, he released a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. He was nominated for Best Director. The movie was nominated for Best Picture. And it's like, did he repent? Did he ever release a public apology after he did that? Hold on. Hold on. I think people need to know about some of the stuff Mel Gibson said. First, he was very anti-Semitic. And then he said to his, what, his girlfriend at the time or his fiance at the time, I hope you get chased by a pack of wild niggers. <laughs> a pa- no, he said a pack of niggers. Uh-huh. That's crazy. You just said a pack like they're wolves. That's insane. That's race. That's beyond racist. And the Academy gave him a second chance and everything was good. I don't think that he deserved to get a second chance. Like, we're selective with the people we decide to cancel. And I think that sometimes 
different groups are more advantaged than others, and I don't think that's fair. We should all be held to the same standard, and of course, it's a case-by-case thing, but if you haven't, like, done the work to repent and do work on yourself, I don't think it's up to us to rehabilitate your character when you haven't done that rehab for yourself. Oh, yeah, you have to start it. You, It has to be genuine. You have to start that. Can't be anybody else. Today, or at the time of this recording, it's Thanksgiving. Dupree, what are you thankful for this year? So much to be thankful for. Um, I know I got a little personal with y'all on last week's episode, so, you know, I'm thankful for my mom and her being a fucking warrior and kicking breast cancer's ass this year. Very thankful for that. I'm thankful for surviving a a car accident with a hit-and-run drunk driver that would have killed somebody else, but God had different plans for me. Mm -hmm. Very thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful for throughout this whole pandemic, I was able to remain healthy and keep my my job. And I'm just thankful for my girlfriend, my my rock, my partner and all this. And I'm thankful for all my friends, you know, the new ones like yourself and all the old Aww. ones, too. You know, and there's a lot to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for the listeners that even if you don't agree with us, like I said in the beginning of this episode, you still write in, you still listen and you give us your perspective because that's so important. Keep talking back to us. And like, because we love hearing the this. This is called polar opposites. Like, you might have the polar opposite opinion of what we're saying. Let us know because if you come to us in good faith to have a conversation, we're going to engage with you. I want to know your perspective. I want to know why you think that, why you think that way, and I want to have a conversation with you. I'm not going to try to convert you to my point of view or my thought process. <laughs> I just want to know why you think that way, and I want to let you know why I feel this way. And hopefully, we both we both learn something from it. I'm thankful for so much also. I think this has been a tough year for most people. I'm thankful, first of all, for my health and the health of my family. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because it's the holiday where we get to reflect on what we have. Because I feel like with Christmas, people are more worried about what they didn't get versus appreciating the little things that they do have. If you gave me underwear or socks today, I would appreciate that because without underwear and socks, you're naked. Like you need that stuff. Those are the necessities. Yo, I have a I have a monster sock collection. I love socks. Didn't you say you have like cashmere socks or something? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I do. Little 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 humble flex. <laughs> he sleeps with them too, y'all. <laughs> but um, um, I'm thankful for the listeners, obviously, because if y'all didn't listen, we wouldn't be recording this show. Thank you to the secret fans. Thank you to the fake fans, the real fans, whoever you are. Thank you for listening, because I feel like since you're listening, we must be doing something right. You guys are getting something out of it. And if that's the case, then I've done my job. Subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, eat your mac and cheese, eat those mashed potatoes, that turkey. And I hope you guys, you know, have a good Thanksgiving. Without us getting all mushy and stuff here like hey man i'm very thankful for justin i'm very thankful for this platform i'm thankful for polar opposites you know before i joined here thank you to this community that you've built that just accepted me with open arms and thank you to the people that have followed me over here and become a part of this community and integrated this thing like the numbers don't lie right like uh, we we (laughs) talked about a little earlier like no seriously i'm not bragging i'm not being funny like the numbers don't lie what we do here is really good but it has impact like all these people like i'm telling you so many people have reached out about different things that we say on here and it's like people are actually listening and they actually care about the stuff that we talk about on here so once again i'm thankful for you for keep bringing me back week after week and us you know pushing this thing forward and um i'm thankful for all the listeners i'm thankful for all that you guys you know reaching out to us like i said continue to do so it's so important 
leave a review too and rate us. Oh, we love but that. No, nah, yeah. c- c- continue to continue to message and interact with us. We we really appreciate it. Yeah, like I said earlier in the episode, now you'll have a way to anonymously send us stuff. So if you have a question, if you have a scenario that you want us to read, if you have something to get off your chest, anything and everything, we really appreciate any feedback. So feel free to click that link in the description. Say hi. I hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Remember the important things. Remember your families and your loved ones. And most importantly, in the age of Corona, remember to take care of your health and wear a mask and social distance and just do what you can to hopefully put an end to this pandemic so with that being said thank you all for listening y'all have a good rest of your week and i'll catch you guys on the next one